All right. Thanks for watching everyone. Make sure you subscribe and tell your friends about the show. If they're like decent friends, if they're really good friends and maybe don't tell them. Well, if they're bad friends, tell them because then yeah. you could annoy them. Then we'll get them <laughs> with Tim and I. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All right. Till next time. Peace out. See love you. Bye. Did you say you love them? Yep. I'm friendly. I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable okay. with that. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 185. I am Tim Chelsvik. I am Matt Drury, and Tim shot a buck with a gun. I thought you were going to do the rifle shot. <laughs> That's what it sounded like right up until the point where I made the shot. Whoops. <laughs> after, uh, after, I don't know, 20 some years of deer hunting, I finally decided to take a deer with a rifle and it wasn't bad. In fact, it was pretty good. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but we've got some shout outs to hop into. So Matt, you want to take that first one from YouTube? Huh. Yeah. All right. So Andrew Meyer from YouTube says he's freezing his back end off in the stand watching the saddle podcast right now. Love the content. Only Andrew, you said a cuss word, sir. We're not going to say that word on this show. I've been reprimanded before from the audience. (laughs) (laughs) You got your hand slapped. I did. Not going to make the cuss. Somebody's mom, literally, (laughs) somebody's mom (laughs) sent me a message, and uh, we have children watching. So So I apologize. Try to be good. I am. (laughs) Austin uh, Gillespie from Deercast says uh, he loves this. He loves this guys. The podcasts are awesome. What days do they come out? Just curious when to be looking for them. Well, Austin. They come out on Wednesdays. That's right. So, Every Wednesday. I don't think we, we may have missed one all year this year. I mean, this, this has definitely been the most podcast that we've ever consecutively, consistently done. Yep. It's our community service. <laughs> it's how we're helping the world. Actually, it seems like return. a punishment to the audience. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's much of a service. <laughs> if you, so, so you can subscribe to the audio version of the show, whatever podcast player you listen to on your phone or wherever. And that way they just automatically pop into your feed. You got to make sure it's the Drury Outdoors 100% <laughs> right. wild podcast because we have a uh, imposter out there. Kenyon. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, back when the show was good, up until about 2018. I'm naming names. We've asked Kenyon to take it down a couple times and he just never responds. It's confusing because I've had some people say, hey, I look for your show, but it looks like you stopped doing shows back in 2018. It's all good. Like we, uh, we keep chugging along. We've only done a couple hundred episodes. <laughs> we, total. We, we've shifted gears. So that jury outdoors piece is important, but, uh, we appreciate your guys's feedback on the show. So leave a comment when you watch the show on Deercast or on YouTube or, uh, leave us a rating and review in your podcast player. Those all really help. Share that other people know. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, so, was maybe three weeks ago, you came to me and asked if I was open for going to uh, Mossy Oak Media Camp yeah. in Oklahoma. Yeah, Jake Meyer, a good buddy of ours at Mossy Oak. He grew up in my hometown. We've, you know, he's 
always been a key ally in, a, in the industry for us. He uh, had an opening. He asked if, if either Taylor and I could go. We couldn't. I had a tag in Illinois that I didn't end up using. I had a gun tag there in Missouri that mm-hmm. I wanted to continue to use. And I thought, you know what? If it's a writer's camp, I shouldn't be going anyways. I can't write. No. I, I can't I thought, read. T- Tim is the perfect person to go on this hunt and he represents us well with DeerCast. He could write a good article in DeerCast about the experience. Good enough. of just launched today, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So yesterday, as you listened to this on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, I, well, I don't know. When is this airing? Is this airing It'll tomorrow? air on Wednesday. So okay. it'll be yesterday. So just look, if you sort by the articles tab in yeah. DeerCast, that's probably the easiest way to get to it. Yeah. So anyways, I thought it was a good fit and uh, several of our good partners were going to be there. Leopold, Lacrosse, Moss, CEO, mm-hmm. I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I thought, hey, what better way to get some some love for all of them than send Tim and, and hopefully has a great hunt, gets away from the craziness <laughs> that is DeerCast for a few days because it, yeah. it's been a long season for <laughs> it you. It really has, yeah. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I was uh, really thankful for the opportunity to go um, to get a chance to meet up with some of my peers in the industry. And, um, you know, one of the... One of the things about a media camp is that it's work, but it's also a heck of a lot of fun. And, and don't we, tell your wife we, that part. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I'm slaving away, honey. Yeah. It's four o'clock wake ups, and which it was. Yeah. Uh, but we hunted out at the Canadian River Hilton, which is kind of a tongue in cheek name because this place started out. I think it's been around for. 20 or 30 years um, as kind of a ramshackle shack on this big chunk of land out in Western Oklahoma near the Texas panhandle. Mm-hmm. And it was just some buddies that would get together and they would, they would a whitetail hunt. Also a ton of turkeys out there. Uh, and over the years, the the ownership of the of the property has passed into the hands of Justin Eakins, who is the the son of the guy who started the outfit and built this really great lodge. They manage for quality whitetails out there. And, and like I said, they have a ton, they have a ton of uh, of turkeys too. And they have some muleys also. Um, but it's it's a beautiful place. It's like 20, 30,000 acres. Wow. And I've never been to Western Oklahoma before. It's it's so wide open. It's just, it's overwhelming almost to the senses to, to look out over these plains and loophole gave us a, a new set of binos to hunt with. And I needed them like literally to pick apart the plains that were out in front of you. Cause you could see for a couple miles in the spot where we hunted a lot different than what we're accustomed to a here. Lot different. And, and the contrast is so great because we talked about the buck I killed a few weeks back on an Ozark Ridge that was like 15 w- yards w- within a few steps. Yeah. yeah. And th- then you're, you're talking about seeing deer like a half mile out. Yeah. Uh, but the folks were great. Um, we hunted all day on, well, first off, I didn't know, I didn't know how I do on a rifle hunt. Like I, I've always been a bow hunter. I've just never done much rifle hunting, not because I had anything against it. Most of my properties are archery only. Yeah. And, and, and I kind of felt like, well, my identity was kind of turning into as a, an exclusive bow hunter, but then I got to thinking Elitist like, <laughs> snob. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be that way. <laughs> the deer hunting community already has enough conflict mm-hmm. within it. 
I, I don't need to do that. You're not a doucher. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that, at least in this respect. Um, and there's no award for getting to the end of your life and someone saying, you know what? I never he used never a gun. killed a deer with a gun. <laughs> I, I never personally understood that. I mean, I, I get it. There's purists of, of there's purists for rifle hunting. There's purists for muzzleloader. There's purists for, yeah. you know, uh, traditional archery. I mean, there's a, to each their own, but... I always thought if there's a tag, I'm going to use <laughs> I'm it. I'm going to fill it up. <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of how I felt a- after the fact. Yeah. Um, it just feels, I, I think uh, before I'd considered myself a more of a bow hunter and an outdoorsman, I think I'm seeing myself more as a deer hunter. Yeah. Um, which, which, which I think, you know, it's also professional development. Like I, I need to have experience. I need to have some depth in this field so I can speak authoritatively and help other people and those kind of things. So, um, so, and it was an opportunity to represent Dury Outdoors at, the, at this camp. Yep. So you let me borrow your uh, Winchester XPR 270, which is a fun shooting gun. It is fun. Not a ton of recoil. It shoots no. flat, so it's yeah. great for that kind of terrain way out there. And uh, we got dialed in, and it was shooting good right out of the box, or right out of the case, I should say. Uh, so we hunted uh, Saturday, had a morning sit and an evening sit, and we saw some deer. We saw a sounder of about 30 uh, feral pigs on Saturday night, which was crazy to see. They, they make so much noise when they, t- cause they've just got nothing to, nothing to worry about. They yeah. just come tearing in and do their thing. And then they're on to the next <laughs> destructive part of property that they hit. Uh, we didn't shoot any of those Sat- uh, Sunday morning. We had a great deer cast. Temperatures were in the high thirties wind out of the straight out of the North. It was brutal. Cause we're on this bluff. It's a hundred foot bluff overlooking the Canadian river Valley. Saw some does off to our east, and then around 9.30 to the west, uh, we see a really good mature buck coming. And he's, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile away, but you can just tell... By yeah. looking at him, that that's a good deer. We got to get stuff ready. Plus, you, he had good mass to him. Like that was the thing that instantly struck me when I saw the footage. Like, hey, this deer has really good mass. Really good it mass. Must be a mature buck. The um, uh, his right main beam, I can barely get my hand around his base. We well, have tiny little, just barely. <laughs> that's what I'm known for. Yes, small hand, Tim. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're doing like. And and I I was kind of self filming. My guy John Smith, who is an awesome guy, he had no experience being a camera guy. So when the deer's coming, I got I got my 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 big camera on him, and then I'm like, okay, I got to hand this off to the guide so I can start film, so I can start getting ready for the shot because it was just we weren't quite sure where he was going to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have a Tacticam strapped to the barrel of the gun, which really saved us. It was the 5.0. It shot some really beautiful oh, footage. Oh, did it? Cool. Mm-hmm. I haven't yep. seen that yet. Yep. And <laughs> I used the proprietary zip tie strap uh, to, to get it on there. Oh, zip tie. <laughs> There's, I keep like 10 in my pack because yeah. you just never know yeah, when you're going to need, need some. It's almost like duct tape. Uh, so we're getting set up, but the problem is the deer is coming in too close to the bluff and the angle that I have to shoot. Like I had to stick the gun through the little support chain for the window flap to get down and on him. And he's walk, he's walking to our right and I'm running out of room to follow him with a gun and I'm on him. 
And John's like, I don't see him in the screen. I don't see him in the screen. John, if you <laughs> screw this up for me, so help me. And there, there's a lot of pressure because one, I don't, this, this was going to be my first rifle butt kill. And I, I had, I had uh, target panic so bad. I wanted to pull the trigger so bad because the deer was in, it was in the crosshairs yeah. of the loophole. I wanted to pull the trigger so bad, yeah. but he kept saying he didn't see the deer. Yeah. And so I'm like, zoom out, zoom out. And he, and he eventually found him after what seemed like an eternity i eh, stopped him and let him have it thank you <laughs> that's exactly what it's, was that sampled right from the video yes <laughs> uh, hit him right behind the shoulder he takes off he's got this weird like you know how they got like a butt flutter when they're when they're hit hard and um and the crazy thing is is he's tearing off across the sandbar he crashes at an Iraq another round he crashes into a cedar tree and just stays there got him <laughs> that's what I said but I stayed on him with a gun because I because he he died like half suspended and I and I didn't know if he was gonna try to get back up again because they do that sometimes then did you just go <laughs> the whole trip home <laughs> I can't believe that happened but it never ceases to amaze me amaze me how a hunt goes from zero to yeah. 60 every in, time it, yeah it's like whoa crap here we go <laughs> we've been sitting here forever i'm on my phone oh, I'm here. this is the, the the only reason i came was for this yeah. to happen still i'm surprised by it somehow yeah. uh, but the, the deer didn't budge he died half suspended in that cedar tree which was bizarre yeah um and uh and we went down and it was you know john was relieved my guide i was relieved because i didn't want to screw something up and, yeah he got great footage. And then after, after we did all the heroes and post kill interviews and stuff with the camera, I thought I'm going to be cool. And I'm going to like get some footage of me dragging this thing off the sandbar. And I took two, I grabbed a hold of his, one of his antlers and I tried pulling him away and I fell down cause I couldn't budge him. <laughs> <laughs> he was just too big and I wasn't strong enough. You mean like his cadangle don't work? <laughs> <laughs> Mine didn't at that moment. Yeah. It was a big, big deer, but everyone took, there were eight <laughs> hunters that went on that trip from Leupold and Mossy Oak and lacrosse and all eight hunters uh, tagged out. Yeah. I, um, I'm friends on Facebook with most of those guys. I think almost all of them. And it just to see the pictures rolling through, there were some really nice deer that were shot that, yeah, that week too, man. Yeah, that, that, Sean Skipper killed a beautiful. I think yeah. it was a, 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 a five by five, just a beautiful, typical, te- super wide. Te- yeah, that was his, his best, best buck. buck yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was super proud of that. And Drew Pellman from uh, uh, OSG, he kept having encounters, but just wasn't seeing mature bucks and killed on the last night, like literally within the last few minutes. Nice. That was our, we were seven for eight and then we were eight for eight. Pretty cool. It's incredible to go to a place like that and to have that many encounters and see that many, that many good bucks. There was one night I went out for pigs and I saw an eight, an eight pointer that I would have shot all day long here in here in Missouri, yeah. but he was only three years old, and you know they just don't touch deer like that. Yeah, it's it's just a different world. Yeah, uh, but uh, but but to be able to kill a deer to watch watch that like ripple go across the deer like you hit them good, and then just to watch them crash, that's that's a universal. That's a universally cool thing, whether you bow hunt or whether you are a guy same hunter. feeling at the end. Seems like it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I'll do it again. Well, that's uh, pretty awesome. I'm I'm thankful for you that you got the opportunity, and it's just well deserved. And and uh, you know, for Mossy Oak to even offer it up for us is pretty cool, and we appreciate it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was, it was, a, it was a ton of fun. And, uh, and you know, we talk about like the, the outdoor industry and, and it's pretty small. It, it is small. And the, the, the really cool thing is that everyone that I've met in the outdoor industry so far, they're here because they want to be here. Yeah. Like they, they have, a, they have a legit passion for, for this pursuit. Well, what's interesting, I'd say probably almost all those guys that you went hunting with would also say this to a guy that none of them really get to hunt much. <laughs> like the guys that are in the outdoor industry don't really get to hunt much, you know, outside, it's a weird of, the big, outside of the big, you know, the, the people that are in front of the camera, the Marks, Terry's, the Lee, Tiffany's, what else, you know, and they, they all got a lot of work outside of just filming that they do. But my point is there's more people behind the scenes that don't get a ton of time to go hunting. Yeah. And so I'm sure all collectively that whole group were, were excited to take, take some good, good bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of forgot, like, this is also a work trip. Like we got to get some stuff done, Yeah. but we're going to have a ton of fun in the process. Yeah. Awesome. We did both. Yeah. That's cool. I was, I was thrilled for you. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you. So, so thanks to the folks at the Canadian river Hilton. They did a nice job hosting everybody. Look like a hell of a spot. Honestly, like I was, I was kind of blown away. I, and I didn't know Jake was telling me, he's like, man, we've been coming out here for 20 years, two decades. And this is the first time that we've got to the, that I guess the opening week of gun season was available. So he said, oh, really? I, I, th- I think that's what he told me. And he said, I, he goes that we've always, I mean, outside of one or two times, he goes, we've always succeeded out here. And he goes, really? I, those are the t- one or two times we could have too. So and Jake told me that, and that kind of added some pressure. <laughs> I tell you what, that's a real thing. That pressure. I, I remember like going out to Utah to hunt with little, oh, right, yeah. you know, at, at a wild country where Austin land, you know, works. And I was nervous as all heck because don't screw up. You know, I mean, there's a lot of pressure. You're being sent there on someone's behalf. In my case, it was on Market Terry's behalf. On your case, it was on all of our behalfs. Uh-huh. You're it is pressure. And not only that, but you know, I'm not a seasoned hunter and I've never went elk hunting at that point. So I was just very, very concerned that I would <laughs> not shoot perform. a mule deer, you know, <laughs> you just, you know, you just don't know what yeah. could happen. So well, putting a good shot on him and seeing them fall it, to to what happened to you, that is like huge. No relief. joke. And, yeah. and also, uh, you know, w- with a family, it's a sacrifice. Like my wife was at home with the yeah. kids for five days <laughs> running the show like, as a single parent, pretty much. And, and you want that to mean something also. And it would, it would have been hard to come back and say, yeah. Had a great time, had a lot of great food, met some awesome people, but yeah. I didn't didn't make it happen. Yeah. And, and that that could have happened. I mean, that's that's always a possibility. Yeah, I feel that way every night. I come home from hunting <laughs> the river farm. Yeah, <laughs> and like, anytime you have a family, you want to make sure that you're leveraging your time effectively. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, uh, so before we move on, as we're kind of talking about the gun seasons here, I want to share a couple stories about hunting during the Missouri firearm season. Okay. So, you know, we decided, I, like I said, I, I decided not to go to Illinois. I have a first and second, uh, gun season tag over there this year. Okay. And usually I have a second and, and muzzleloader, uh, second season and muzzleloader tag. And I don't know why this year I looked at the, I think it was, I looked at the moon phase and I thought, well, I think I'll have a better opportunity if I go first and second. And Hey, if I killed out Missouri in the first weekend of the firearm season, then I'm able in the second weekend of the Missouri firearm season is the first weekend of the Illinois season. So I could go over there. All plans, you know, that you think best laid plans. So 
none of that happened. I ended up deciding weather was kind of warm and I thought, you know what? I got a better opportunity uh, here in Missouri. Have a, uh, I was using a 350 Legend. Mm-hmm. I thought, hey, I got some good deer on that river farm that, that we're hunting this year. And the lease hadn't been really very good at all, but I had great bucks over on the river farm. So I thought, let's hunt there. And I always got second season of Illinois to go try to get that sure. done. And so decided uh, to hunt the river farm. We hunted all, I, if we didn't hunt every day, it was almost every day. And on the weekends we did all day sits. Yeah. You know, I couldn't do that during the week, but it's tough. you know, we grinded it out and had some unbelievable encounters really passed a lot of great deers that we t- talked about. Scott shot a really nice mm-hmm. buck. And so we were going into that last weekend and, uh, I can't recall. I think it was Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday. So the final Sunday of the firearm season, it goes through Tuesday uh, okay. in Missouri. And so that morning we had a decoy out. We, um, was it a buck or a doe? buck? I don't have a doe decoy. So we, we were going with the buck decoy and, uh, we had great, fantastic luck, like all gun season with that thing. I mean, every deer on the property, every buck on the property came to that mm. decoy in one way or another. And we got enc- had encounters, everyone except okay. the one I was at. Like we encountered him one night. We had a great, on my Instagram uh, page, I showed the video of this great encounter with a beautiful eight pointer, nice mature buck that I ended up passing because right before we saw him at the end of the field is this deer I'm after this, this deer we call Chaco Rocco. So he, I decided to pass this eight pointer, uh, the neighbor, which they're great neighbors. They manage really well. And, and they ended up shooting that deer that I passed the next day, uh, which I had no problem with. He was a great buck. He was totally mature. Sure. It just wasn't who I was after. So they shot that deer. And then, um, the next day kind of sucked. Then we went back. So Saturday kind of sucked for us. Sunday, we go back in Sunday morning. It starts. It really sucked again. <laughs> and we get ready to pack up and we got the decoy out there. And so before we, before we got out, I thought, oh, I'll look behind us and see if there's anything coming. Yeah. Well, here comes a, I don't know, two and a half, three year old, whatever buck comes 300 yards heading right to, to the decoy. I'm like, crap. So we get all our stuff back out and we're just kind of sitting there waiting to see what happens. He gets within, you know, he gets right down into the decoy and he starts, he didn't spook, but he kind of starts getting, you know, goosey and uncomfortable and he starts walking away. So again, I look back, it's about nine 30. <laughs> I look back at, at where he came from mm-hmm. and which is our downwind side. And here's, the buck I'm after uh, about four, probably 400 yards away, maybe walking away from us. It walked right past where I got this muddy box blind on a key trailer <laughs> sure, that I had not? been hunting, yeah. you know, the weekend before. And, uh, so I thought, well, what do I do here? <coughs> yeah. You know, should we stay grunt rattle, whatever? He was clearly not interested. And this is the second time we saw him in two days and mm-hmm. in the same area. And I thought he doesn't give a flying flip about this buck decoy either that or he's just not seeing it i thought maybe he ran that little buck out of there little buck saw my decoy and came down and yeah. then he just went the other way he, he didn't pay attention or he just didn't like it i don't you know walked away i really don't know you know or he got my wind because that could have very easily happened where he was so anyways <clears throat> He walks away and he's walking to the south end of the property and it's about 10 o'clock. And so we decided to get out. I thought very, 
very hard and long about getting into that muddy stand mm. and seeing if he'd just pop back out mm-hmm. somewhere sure. in front of us. But my wind would have been blowing right to him for us to get into it. And I thought, no, let's get out. Let's sneak out of here. We went and ate breakfast real quick, <clears throat> which was like the first time we'd done that all year was actually like take a break. It's nice. Cause, it? Yeah. Cause we had been doing all day sits and it was just, so we were getting, it was during the phase uh, nine parties over. I mean, it was party dead. was over. Yeah. It was dead. Other than the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes, it kind of sucked. So go back to town, get a bite to eat, come back in. And this time, you know, we talked to the neighbor to the South and I said, Hey, you mind if we walk down the property line and jump about 50 yards in Mm. and jump into my side and walk down, down to my stand, which is kind of on the South end of the farm. And they had no problem. Like I said, they're great people. Nice, nice guys. We talk, share pictures back and forth and, uh, pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. (laughs) Make sure. Yeah. So anyhow, we, uh, we get into our stand. It's like 12 o'clock. Well, we got two trail cameras on this food plot. One, the, and this is the river farm. So here's another setup where when the wind's right, it's blowing right over the Mississippi River. It's perfect. Like it is yeah. perfect. There's only about 10 yards between us and the river. 15 like maybe that. there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's probably the best setup I have ever had anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so we had good wind. It was it was kind of switching to where it was starting out blowing kind of down the bank into the neighbor's property in the okay. south. But then it switches as, you know, at two o'clock, three o'clock to where it's just blowing right over the river. So we check the cameras and we get, we pulled the cards. We get into the stand. It's 12, 15, 12, 30. We're ready to go for the rest of the, the afternoon. So as we, when we have that much time, Scott throws the, the cards into our DSLR and we just go through it and start looking yeah. at pictures and seeing what's here. And he got to a picture of a deer that we had never seen before. And it was hey, a giant. I mean, really? oh dude, giant. And, uh, he's like, uh, you know, he's excited. <laughs> he's showing me, I was like, holy crap. I take a picture of, it. I send it to marketeer. I was like, look what it just showed up that morning at like five and, uh, walking to the neighbors and they had, okay. they have corn. I have all the green. I got all biologic and they had planted some corn after the river went down, they got okay. corn in. Well, they had cut some corn, brush hogs, some corn there for the gun season. And that's where the, the guy had killed eight pointer that I passed. And, okay. and, um, so him and his wife were hunting there. The wife was hunting there that night. And I knew that. And we had been talking back and forth and they may be 400 yards away from us. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I had even texted them and said, Hey, if you don't want me on that end of the property tonight, don't worry about it. I'll find somewhere else to hunt. I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to push Booger the envelope, yeah. Yeah, mess up their hunt. And like, no, you should be fine. And I got in early enough where I didn't think I screwed up any movement. And, uh, so anyways, so. I mean, this deer is a giant. Mark's what well, I said to Mark and Terry, and Mark's first thing was he's big, big. And when Mark says that, you're like, <laughs> that's scary big. I, I thought so. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. He is big. So this uh, can't be on one of your properties. Yeah. Matt. So that that picture, I well, the funny thing is, Mark and Dad both have been saying this for the three years we've owned the property. Like, yeah, I just haven't been able to hunt it, but they're like, a giant that's will show ground. up on that piece at any minute. You just never know, especially during the rut. So <laughs> we're sitting there and I hadn't shared that picture with the neighbor just yet. And we just got it. You know, I don't got great service there. <laughs> <laughs> it only goes to certain people. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I, it was exciting. I've never had a chance to hunt a deer this big. It was that okay. big. And uh, so 
about three o'clock. Um, well, before that, a couple of does come into the food plot. And I mean, every time they lift their head, I'm, I mean, Ooh, I sat coming, there with my gun in my lap, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're in a tree stand <laughs> and I am like, is that no way? I am ready. I'm sure Scott was feeling the same way. Like it was tense. Stay frosty. Like this deer was right there going to bed somewhere, yeah. you know, right just south of us. And I thought, you know, okay, he could either come out and have a bite to eat in the green and the biologic or go to the grain, which, you know, who knew what he would do. I I don't think those deer down there are necessarily used to much green food plots because all the duck hunters around there, they all got grain Grain, everywhere. So anyhow, past this buck, maybe a three-year-old and he goes to the neighbors and about 20 minutes later, I hear and I look up at Scott. We've just both had a look. Like I look at him. I said, no. either she just shot the deer that we passed or she shot a buck of a lifetime. And about 20, 30 minutes goes by. And uh, so I text the neighbor. I said, hey, you know, heard What's the shit over, over there, there, but nothing ran past us. You know, what'd you guys kill? And it was like, it was a buck of a lifetime. Oh, and I, was, no. <laughs> I look at Scott. I was like, well, you know, there goes that. It's not deer. your deer. No, hell no. I never saw the deer before that day. And that's what Mark and I and Terry and I were saying. It's like hard to get. I was very excited for them. The the, the wife killed yeah. it. It went 185. Holy cow. And uh, the first time they saw it, I was the only one that ever had a picture of it. You know, that day I sent him the picture yeah, and, yeah. and we were trading, you know, text back and forth, super pumped for him. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it was three hours that I knew that. <laughs> like three that's, hours that's a that roller I, coaster. That's like three tense hours. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know. I was just happy for him because I, I had no emotional connection. I think that's the, that's kind of the biggest part of this as hunters. When we have these trail camera pictures and you build a history and a rapport, if like you had a few years, with I it. had no idea the deer ever existed. Turns uh-huh. out he came from a mile West of, of all of us. Cause I start saying to the neighbor, I'm like, did you guys know about this deer? He's like, no, but I had heard word from some of the neighboring duck clubs and from, it was, you know, over West about a mile. Well, it turns out Aaron Bennett, who's, you know, hunts with us mm-hmm. and works at Whitetail properties. He had a, um, couple encounters with this buck last year. We got a video. It grew like 30 and 30, 40 inches. I mean, he blew up, but it was frame wise. You could tell it's the same deer deer. and he called them fireball. And, uh, it it just, it was, it was just crazy. It was a crazy kind of a turn of events. So, uh, that was my excitement there (laughs) and my close like brush with with, greatness. Yeah. It was real brief, which it should, that's the way it should be Uh, with me. Very brief. That's, sucks but uh, yeah good for them yeah exactly so <laughs> i was excited for them that really does seem to be like the healthiest place to be is just recognizing we don't own the deer until we yeah. kill them yeah they, they move the yeah. free range <laughs> this year none of us knew about it <laughs> you know like what a shocker it was I mean, it was a shocker and the pictures of the deer like he is gigantic but isn't it always kind of what you hope for when you're going through your trail camp yeah. picks like like a random just whoa, whoa who's this? this holy yeah heck. You want to talk about 
it was it was new pants we saw it i remember i looked at scott when we we're looking at the picture he goes that's a new buck and i was like i know that scott. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were both very very excited about this deer uh briefly <laughs> well now you don't have to worry about it that's right like hey <laughs> it's out of so we're Jeez. back to hunting chaco rocco and that night you know we had hoped that he would come back out and that was sunday night nothing nothing happened that night and then um and then monday i wasn't going to be able to hunt last minute rando was like hey yeah i guess she got off work early and i was able to because i had to watch cameron that day because he's on virtual school oh right yeah, now, yeah all virtual so we ran up to the farm and literally ran no we we, <laughs> no, we drove up no. to the farm and uh we ended up sitting in the rain like the last 30 minutes or 40 30 40 minutes or so and right there it's it kind of like sprinkling and then uh-huh. start coming down right in the last light and boy out pops a nice five and a half year old buck that we know we call it the deep eight mm. right where Scott Steer came out right cool 10 15 steps from us you know within legal shooting hours but wasn't the deer we were after so yeah. past him got some cool footage of him and that Those was the, the story of, that was the end of, of rifle season for me okay. so we're back at it with a bow went last night kind of sucked but um we're it's just such a you really hope you can as a guy that hunts with all tags tim you really hope <laughs> you don't that discriminate you could get it done in the rifle season because it just it becomes a lot harder during the late season uh to, to get them within bow range so like last night we brought the decoy back out uh-huh. put him within 30 yards trying to draw him in and that didn't work as well a couple bucks came i mean it would have worked for a couple young deer but boy like eight does popped out right there at you know deer cast that great and it was Moon came up at like five oh five, I think, and because full moon yesterday, uh-huh. I think uh, last the sunset was four forty, I think. So, uh-huh. anyways, we were right there where movement was really late because I think the moon rising late and sure. all that stuff, and a bunch of does popped out. They see the decoy, and nobody liked it. <laughs> Walked away, and I'm I like, "Hate does." All right, yeah. So this, so anyways, we're back at it with a bow in hand. Got the B three, trying to get it done. Sweet. Yeah. Braving the elements because yeah, it's so. not pleasant out there anymore. This weekend, though, I got a gun in hand because I'm going back to Illinois for the second gun season, which it won't sound like that because it's a rifle sound. <laughs> <laughs> I got two guns in hand. I got my slug gun, my SX3, in case we're hunting in the timber or whatever, uh-huh. kind of closer shots. But I also got that Traditions, the new uh, nitro oh, fire. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if we're in spots where it's kind of a longer shot, a couple hundred yards, we're ready and armed and you'll be dual wielding that's right sweet so depends on the setup but we got the weapon in and we're ready to rock well good luck (sighs) i need it go get them (laughs) how about we hop into the question of the day let's do it let's see the question of the day this week is brought to you by victory archery the carbon arrow experts mike from pennsylvania uh my family and i have a lease Uh, we have three farms that surround this lease one farm plants corn every year the also with the second farm and the third farm does a two-year rotation two years of corn and two years of soybean we have eight acres of tillable land on this lease i was wondering what your recommendation would be what the plants mainly for late season with uh, the variety of food we already have around us. Thank you. All right. So, you know, if it, I would say, I would, 
I would do a variety on your own piece, even though they're soybeans. He's got grain all around him. I he, here's how I felt just in gun season here with my neighbors. They had corn and I uh-huh. had green. Kind of a similar yeah. scenario. I didn't have I don't have the equipment and I didn't have the time because of the flooding to plant a grain of some sort. But I really was wishing that I had both options. And as Scott and I sit there in this what we call the cul-de-sac plot, it's a big couple acre biologic food plot where the first 50 yards is uh, radishes. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's final forage and the last half of the food plot. You know, we sit there and we think about food plot architecture and Mark and Terry and how they would do this or do that. And I, I, you know, we talked about it. It would have been really nice if we had some beans here with us for mm-hmm. a late season food source or even some corn and then the biologic close. So it's a, gr- a grain to green type of a thing for the sure, late season. Sure, got it all right there. And you got it all right there. And so how many acres did he say he had? Eight I, I don't tillable remember. acres? Yeah, five yeah, or eight. eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's that's a decent amount. You know, I don't know how big the overall property is, but you know, I'm hunting smaller parcels. To me, that's a lot. You, usually, I got like a half acre here, a quarter acre there. Mm, like, sure. that's a decent amount of of ground to be able to turn the dirt on. So, I would have a variety. Personally, I would have a setup to where you can have some green food source for for earlier in the year, and then have you know a, a grain mm-hmm. that you can always hunt in the late season. And uh, you know, I don't know if he's hunting with a gun or a bow or what, but that comes into play too. If it's a gun, if it's a gun situation, you, you know, you can have a little further distances there for yeah. your corn or, you know, if it's legal in a state brush hog, the corn there, you know, in the last couple weeks of the season when you're wanting to hunt them and they will suck into that stuff, mm. you know, just like this 185. I mean, he came from a, a mile away. He came right past all my stuff and you know, he could ate, you know, his way through the whole thing, mm-hmm. but ultimately he walked out right to their cut corn, yeah. you know, at 3 PM, 3 30, whatever. So I just, it's just a, it's just a really good attractant in late season mm-hmm. after they've kind of run down and they've gone through all their nutrients and they're trying to bulk back up and get their fats replenished for the hard winters. And I'm assuming PA has got some pretty hard winters. Yeah. So I, I would think you'd have a little bit of both. How sure. about you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the first year I've had food plots, so I'm by no means an expert, but that makes sense to me. You give them a reason not to leave your property essentially. Yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. I do have some experience bulking up for the winter, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a peak bulking season. <laughs> Eaten so much in the past couple of weeks. I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, it's, you try, try picking me up, then you'll know. <laughs> okay, no thanks. <laughs> How about we hop into the wildlife word? It's brought to you by Hunter Specialties, makers of the comprehensive scent away line of scent elimination products. Type you got a multiple choice this week. All right, Matt. <clears throat> Going into winter, post rut. Which animal has more fat reserves on them? An adult buck or a fawn? Boy, that's a good question. That's a tough one. You it's know, almost bu- like I made it difficult. Yeah. Intentionally. A, I mean, a buck is super run down this time. Like you start looking at your deer this time of year, pictures and in-person sightings, and you think, is he... I thought he was a five and a half. Is he a four and a half? Totally or a different like, animal. It's yeah. a different buck altogether. Mm-hmm. And you really start questioning yourself. Even like 2S2 last year, he, by the end of the season, he didn't look nothing like, I mean, he looked run down right. majorly. Um, Fawn, I really never pay attention to that. And that, 
you know, they basically look like that all year mm-hmm. long, except they got more fur in the winter. Sure. It looks sure. Like. So you're I'm going to go with fawn. You're heading down the right path and you are correct. Ding, ding. You win a deer cast ball cap. All right. <laughs> I but, got one. But, but yeah, your, your thought process is right because the buck is going through the rut. He's depleted most of his fat reserves and the fawn. In fact, a, a lot of studies will show that fawns cease growing taller during the winter time and they actually spend more of their their energy building fat reserves interesting so they can overwinter but that's why they look so plump and fuzzy in addition to their that new undercoat that they have yeah they also just have more fat on them you're not gonna believe this but on my way to work today i got a ping from the reconics app on my cell camera on the lease and I, I open it up and so it starts with a low res and you could click HD yeah. to get the high mm-hmm. res. So I'm like, dang, that deer looks huge. I look, I look at, I hit HD. It's a, a doe and a fawn. And that doe, I'm telling you, looks gigantic, chunky, like monkey. chunky monkey. And I'm thinking, you know, like it seemed like a body of a, uh, adult buck. I mean, yeah. it was huge and they just bulk up, man. They and just, they're putting on fat yeah. and that undercoat and they're also carrying that. She's probably got yeah. a fawn developing right yeah. now. So they really have to bulk up. Yeah. But winter is just a really hard time for deer. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. Wildlife word. All right. Let's shut this thing down. How about Let's that? Let's do it. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for watching everyone. Make sure you subscribe and tell your friends about the show. If they're like decent friends, if they're really good friends, then maybe don't tell them. Well, if they're bad friends, tell them because then yeah. you could annoy them. Then we'll get them <laughs> with them <laughs> <and> eyes. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All right. Till next time. Peace out. See love you. Bye. Did you say you love them? Yep. I'm friendly. I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable okay. with that. <laughs> Every hunt starts with a game plan, like knowing when and what to plant. So get DeerCast and get ahead of your game.